TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and I am without my brother from another mother, my co-host Damien Christoph, because I am in Paris looking at the Eiffel Tower. It is 11.30 at night. It is Saturday night here. The kids are asleep. Seb has just gone to bed. We have three more nights here before we head back, which will uh, mark six weeks um, away. And I thought for this episode of 100 Not Out that it would be a good opportunity to share with you... um, I don't want to call it research, but I really wanted to share with you, I suppose, a uh, what's been going through my mind around aging well and, and, and what happens, how do we make the rest of our life the best of our life and, and how have my beliefs either changed or shifted or evolved or hopefully matured um, in the time that I've been here overseas and as much as a large part of the trip has been uh, with the family, there's the observer within me has also been watching uh, the world live whilst um, you know I've been trying to help support my family and, and, and have a trip and uh, as well but I, I've been taking um, some notes and I could probably share with you 400 things that I feel like I've learnt um, on this trip but I've written down three and I'd really like to share these with you um, over you know the, the course of this episode and no doubt uh, Damien and I will chat more about this um, over you know in, in the future of 100 Not Out but whilst I sit here and the Eiffel Tower is currently all golden and um, you know the, it looks like a half moon and you're hearing all types of noises and you're just, you know, we're on the ninth floor of, of this apartment building and just beautiful views and there's something about being up high that I love where you just really get an opportunity to be somewhat, um, you just get an entirely new perspective on things. And so some things which I've really kind of been thinking about a lot since, um, well, uh, from certain experiences on this trip and the first thing to, to talk about is really just the, the the stronger feeling I have more than ever um, of the superfood of of a village the the nutrient of community life the um, the health benefits of um, social relationships that don't necessarily have to be blood and, and family but have to be humane have to be with other people have to be with other human beings and um, I learnt when we were in Ikaria that uh, the village of Nas where we stay is only a village of about 50 or 60 people. For some reason I thought it must have been more, maybe 100, 120 but you know I thought of that number 50 or 60 and um, it shouldn't surprise me because the, the village, uh, the island of Ikaria is split up into I think about 100 to 110 little villages you know, each with around, you know, 70, 75 on average, some more, some less, obviously, but there's about seven and a half, eight thousand people on the island, maybe even 9,000, but you realize when you do the maths in terms of the total population divided by the number of villages, that it's no surprise that all the villages get to know each other, and after we um, did a career, uh we stayed in a little village in uh, the Dordogne region of France called Peche-Boutier. And, um, you know, I, if you heard last week's episode of 100 Not Out with Sarah and Ian Fisk, who run um, Le Chevre de Fouy and, and the Dordogne Cooking School where we were staying, 
they were talking about how important the village life is to many people in France, and it is one of the hallmarks of French living. And you know, here I am, you know, doing the research for um, uh, that interview and just getting an idea of you know where France sits on life expectancy because often people talk about the French paradox and how do the French get away with eating so much fat and so much bread and you know essentially all the good stuff drink so much wine and almost yeah still get away with it um, but you know what I've learned is that and I don't know if I either forgot this or I just didn't know it but I didn't realize that Australia sorry I'm just getting in a more comfortable position I didn't realize that Australia was fourth on the life expectancy ladder. Now, if you're listening to this and you're in America, I think you're down at number 21. Um, If you are in, uh, oh, now I'm testing myself out here. If you're in Japan, you're in number one. Uh, Switzerland came in at number two. Singapore came in at number three. Australia came in at number four. Now, these were combined averages of male and female life expectancy. So, um, again, for memory, I think Japan has the highest life expectancy for men, uh, but another country has the highest life expectancy for women or something along along those lines. But it's just a combined average. Um, And... It just got me real. Well, one thing I thought was, well, how lucky, uh, you know, am I personally to live to live in Australia? Um, but then it got me thinking of, well, you know, life expectancy. What does it tell the, the charts? What does it tell you about the that country? And I don't know enough about Japan or Singapore or Switzerland, but what I do know about Australia, based on the hundreds if not thousands of conversations I've had with people is it I know a lot of Australians that feel lonely that don't feel like they have a village and, and when I talk about a village I could be talking about a peer group I could be talking about knowing your neighbors I could be talking about um, feeling understood and accepted in your workplace in your friendship group if you're in a share house in the in the house that you live in even within your family um, but I think wow you know for Australia to be fourth on that list, in terms of life expectancy, so when you are born, it's expected that on average you will live 85 years or so, and that is it you know, puts you forth. And 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 still, you know, we have a massive mental health problem. We have a massive social isolation problem. We have a massive um, just social life problem. Um, not to mention where we sit in terms of nutrition and obesity and. Um, you know, chronic disease, you think, gosh, there's so much, <laughs> pardon me, I'm going to cough. Sometimes food has been catching up with me, I think, and the travel. But um, it really does make you, what well, makes me think how much room for improvement there really is. Um, you know, the, this episode is not not the place to start talking about, you know, healthcare systems and, and ways to improve those numbers but more, I suppose, importantly, it's just to realize that you and I have so much room for improvement, so much scope to improve in our lives. And, you know, what I'll ask you right now, and these are the things I think of when I get home, is if we're talking about this village life, you don't have to live in Ikaria, you don't have to live in France. If you're in Australia or New Zealand or America or Canada, what I ask you, first of all, is do you know your neighbors? 
I could ask you first of all, do you know the people in your house and, and do you treat them with, with love and respect? But I'm going to assume that, that you do. Now, that might not be the case, but I'm going to assume that you do. You might live with, your, you might live with yourself by yourself. But what I really, you know, what I wrote down on my notes for this episode was, uh, do you know your neighbors? If you don't know your next door neighbor, your next door neighbors, if you have them, I would make it a, a goal for the week um, to get to know them. Do the really awkward thing and invite them around for a cup of tea or coffee and just say, look, it's just weird that we don't know each other. And um, I'm telling you right now that, one, they might think it's a little bit weird, but if you can get over that social awkwardness, it could be a real blessing. And don't see it as stranger danger. Please don't see your neighbors as stranger danger. Look, you might say, Marcus, you don't know the area that I live in. Um, and you're right, I don't. But um, if you want to bring the village life into your life, you are the only person that can do it. Well, you are the only person that can lead it, put it that way. It takes everyone else to buy into it, that's for sure. But it's really important if you want to create more longevity in your life, a greater, longer life, and more quality in the quantity of your life, you must have a village-type life. I'm still yet to find someone that's lived a truly isolated life and has thrived into their 80s, 90s, and beyond. And I'm talking thrived, okay? Just that's a really important point. So, do you know your neighbors? And if you don't, then you have some homework. Um, but then think of the fact that right now I'm in Paris. I was saying to Sarah, look, we haven't spent any time in Dublin or Athens, but oh, we spent two nights in Athens. But we've been in four major cities during this trip, Dublin, London, Paris, and Athens, and then, and then four little villages, Donegal, Town, Ikaria, uh, and the Dordogne region. So, three little villages. Um, and the, the reason why I say that is because whether we like it or not, we do, in 2018, we do live in a truly global village. That's just the world that we live in. And personally, I love it. I love the fact that it only takes 22 hours, and I say only because the Americans can't believe that you know we can talk like this as Australians, but... It only takes 22 hours to fly home. I mean, that's just a wonderful thing. Um, and then when I return home, I think four or five days later, I'm flying to Melbourne to uh, meet up with uh, Brett Hill and do a walkthrough for the Wellness Summit, which if you're listening to this and you have no idea or you haven't booked your tickets yet, make sure you go to thewellnesssummit.com because that's coming up in essentially a month from when I get back. But um, that's coming up in August, August 25, 26 in Melbourne. Don't miss it. Um but I love, I love that. I love that about the world. I love that particularly aviation has almost made the world smaller and technology has made the world smaller in many ways. Um, but as a result, the challenge there is to treat the people in this global village and that's 7.6 billion people, not, the, not just the 50 or 60 people in your local village but the 7.6 billion people in your global village to treat them like your neighbour. And that's one of the biggest tests in any personal life, in any in any 
test to personally grow and develop is to treat other people like your neighbor. Treat others as you would like to be treated. And, you know, that comes down to the smallest things. Um, I'm, I am, I'm, I am, put my hand up right now. I am very, uh, what's the word? Um, I am sensitive towards, I've got a massive radar for, for the way people communicate with other people. I don't know if, if I was traumatized in my early days, but I'm very aware slash observant of how other people talk and communicate to other people and you know little things that that fascinate me are the way that people talk to baristas when they're ordering a coffee the way people order food particularly if they're gluten-free lactose intolerant allergies here and there whether they make it hard for the waitress waiter maitre d chef um in it not 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 near a quest the request I have no problem with whatsoever. It's the way that they ask for the request, if that makes sense. Now, the reason why I bring this up is how do you communicate these things to your restaurant or cafe versus a family member? Uh, because I'm talking about a global village here of 7.6 billion people and ideally, the way we treat a barista in Paris or the Abu Dhabi airport or a little cafe in Ikaria or you know, uh, so you know, a, a Polish immigrant in Dublin um, should be the same way as I speak to Ronnie at my local cafe in Brunswick Heads. Now it's different in that I've got more rapport with Ronnie, and I've known Ronnie for much longer than any other of the baristas that I just mentioned. But the same level of care and attention and really respect should be leveled at every single one of them um, because if there's one thing that I've learned in just getting to know you know strangers who have become friends over here is that everyone's got a story you listening to this podcast right now has an incredibly fascinating and intriguing story worthy of respect and and care and attention and if we want to live a great long life we must truly pay homage to every person in this world even even the people that annoy me trying to sell me stuff on the on the, on the streets with their buy this Eiffel Tower buy this Eiffel Tower and the kids just keep on wanting an Eiffel Tower as I said to the kids like some of those guys and girls that are trying to sell sell you stuff they have they have swum they have swum across oceans to get to this place they have they have held on to trains to get here they have done some unimaginable things to give themselves a second chance at life even if they are illegal immigrants right now i mean just think of the story behind it think of what's had to happen and they are a neighbor in our global village um and it's just a really important it's just a really important consideration to make when you are wanting to live your best life and you know if you've been doing any personal growth over the years you would have heard the adage you know always clean up your own backyard before you you know, go and help others and the rest. And I, I, I truly believe that if you really want to create an incredible social life, you've got to start in your local village. You've got to start with your next door neighbor and then the street that you live in. Get to know your street. Even if you don't think you're going to live there for very long, get to know them. Uh, treat, treat your neighbors as if you're going to live there forever because you just, you, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, so that's that one. Um, the second one is is an obvious one, but it's definitely been the insight into um, incidental movement. So particularly in the cities, the amount of walking that uh, Pierce family has done, um, <laughs> sometimes too much when I haven't quite um, 
uh, I may have underestimated how long a walk might be or I may not have used the City Mapper app, which if you're ever traveling Europe is the only way to travel the big cities, um, is how much we have walked. Um, and on top of that, the in, I'm not one of I'm not one to count steps. It doesn't doesn't do it for me. I know other people love it, um, but sometimes I feel like you walk a mile and it's just a mile uphill, but not many steps. Um, but you know what I've noticed is how's my body feeling at the end of the day? If it's genuinely fatigued, then I know it's been a it's been a um, you know there's been plenty of walking yesterday we climbed the Eiffel Tower um, and we did the steps we did two levels of, of, of steps and and then a lift at the, to the very very top and we did the steps and I said to the kids why do you think we're doing the steps um, and I said because we're a, we, we are a happy healthy family and it was really to teach them just the, the importance of if you want to get somewhere like to the top you know it's hard work and you know you, you honestly the lines for the Eiffel Tower for every 100 people that want to get the lift from the bottom to the top and do it in about one minute there's one person that wants to do the steps we didn't even have to wait didn't have to wait in line I think we were the first people in our line anyway I, I say that because you know movement is so um is so uncommon it is a very normal activity walking particularly um but it's uncommon not many people do it and people try to get away from it and i'm normally one to get up in the morning and just crave movement uh but i said to sarah just earlier i said look i won't be bouncing out of bed to go for a run in the morning because i know i'll have you know a good 10 k's of walking ahead of me for the day ahead um and and that excites me i love the fact that one i'm walking i've got a backpack on all day, um, I'm I'm carrying. I carried the stroller up the Eiffel Tower because I don't know. For those of you that have done it with kids, you can't. They said if you don't leave, if you leave your stroller here, we'll destroy it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So they said you must wrap it up and carry it up. I'm like, okay. So anyway, um, there's been a lot of incidental movement, whether it's been carrying strollers up Eiffel Towers or carrying them down the steps in the tube stations or the the metro stations. Um, just carrying tired kids, whether it's piggybacks or little Tommy on my shoulders or, you know, Maya or Darby if they fall over and hurt themselves and cry and just want to be cuddled and all of that stuff is just the incidental movement. Uh, so I just ask you, you know, how much incidental movement are you doing? Um, are you getting enough for one? But and, and you know you're getting enough if you just get to the end of the day and you feel physically, not like physically exhausted from sitting all day working in an office if you've got a sedentary job I'm more about just the lifestyle what what can you be doing to create look and and many of us do have to create environments for incidental movement do you need to park the car you know two k's away from work and just start the day you can start work still when you get out of the car but just start it with a couple of meetings on the phone um or anything that you can do whilst you're walking. Often, I think we underestimate how much work we can do whilst we're w- walking, particularly if you if you're one like me that has somewhat of a sedentary or, or you know tech based or you know a job on your computer. Um, a lot of the times, instead of replying to an email by email, you can just make a phone call, and often you save ten emails with that call. So that's a great way for incidental movement. If you know me, I'm a walker and a talker. I don't do phone calls sitting down. I'm always walking, um, but I just think it's really important to consider, don't say you can't create more incidental movement in your life. That's a joke. That's a lie. Um, you can. It's just how creative are you prepared to be? Um, if you've heard me, I share the I share the example too often, but it's just because I love it so much, and that's Hillary King Sullivan who attended ICADI at 2016. Um, 
who went home and decided to walk seven and a half k's to work. Now, a lot of people say that makes no sense at all, but on an incidental movement level, gee whiz, it's one of the wisest decisions that someone could ever make. Um, so, incidental movement, really, really enjoyed almost remembering how important that is. Um, and then the third r- real one I just want to talk about before wrapping up is just the power of enjoying your food, but not letting it get out of hand. And Again, if you've traveled uh, for a, a long period of time before, you probably appreciate what I'm saying here is that it, the longer it goes, um, the the more you feel the effects of sometimes food. It is just um, so difficult to maintain your standards when you are traveling. And um, we've done Airbnbs as much as possible on this trip. Um, we did it in London and uh and in Athens and here and then we had yep we had cooking um, we could cook whilst we were in the um, Dordogne southwest of France um, but for us it's so important because even now we're going back to eggs and greens um, uh, mornings and even uh, evenings you know um, just you know meat and three veg in here in the apartment uh, just because we're realizing as adults and for the children just how um, much better everyone is from a emotional and mental perspective just ability to concentrate and oh, my ability our ability talking on behalf of Sarah and I just to I suppose be more compassionate with the kids to I was going to say tolerate their behavior but just just appreciate that they're children I feel like the the longer the trip's gone on almost the less tolerant we've become because we I don't know I don't necessarily want to say it's food related I know we're also somewhat exhausted um in the fact that we've been traveling abroad for six weeks um, and getting a lot of crazy looks from parents going, what are you doing with three young kids on the other side of the world? But also just in light of the fact that it has been more difficult to put high-quality fuel into our bodies as, as often as we do back home, that um, it just reminds me, one, how how much I enjoy my staples of, of back home, eggs and greens in the morning, you might be able to hear one of the big cars going there, eggs and greens in the morning and my chalky pudding cup for morning tea and then my salad for lunch and smoothie in the afternoon if I'm hungry and meat and three veg for dinner, a cup of chamomile tea and a piece of chocolate at night. You know, I'm so, <laughs> we are so excited to get back to just the normality of, of normal everyday food and I just think it's really important. I have no problem whatsoever of letting your hair down with your food but just not to let it get out of hand and, you know, just I know we've been away 42 days and the kids have probably had ice cream, I would say, on 10 or 12 of those days um, and it's, it's not special to them anymore. It's like... It's like once every three or four days, they're, they're having an ice cream. Um, anyway, so today, with three days to go, was the last ice cream, and it was a ripper. It was an absolute belter, but um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to not doing that when we get home. So glad we've done it whilst we've been here. Really looking forward to not doing it when we get home, and I just think that's a really important thing to consider with food is how much are you enjoying your food, um, particularly in Icaria and in France, we I've observed just such a strong culture around food and enjoyment of that food um, and it doesn't always have to be it doesn't always have to be the most nutritious thing alive it's the enjoyment from food is I'm not going to say just as uh, nutritious but it is so powerful and so important um, but again you can't do that with um, sometimes food every single day you know that's that's the thing I mean as I say I've used the example of 
John Robbins and his uncle Bert Baskin and and, er, and his dad Irv Robbins who started Baskin Robbins Ice Cream. I mean, you know, Bert Baskin died of a heart attack and his uncle Irv Robbins um, had diabetes or heart disease or some type of chronic disease. I forget. It's almost midnight now. But um, just just be mindful. Be really mindful. Enjoy your food. Love your food. Eat the food that you're really passionate about. Um, that really brings the best out in you. Um, and then be really mindful not to overdo it. I think that's just really, really key. All right. Not sure how long I've been going for here, but I definitely think um, that's plenty because, uh, as you know, I could keep on going. But um, thanks again for listening. Now, I know um, I I feel so far away from home at the moment because it has been six weeks away, but I really want to thank you for your support on behalf of Damien and myself of our 100 Not Out message. Um, I know we bang on a lot about Ikaria, but if you aren't aware, we are returning to Ikaria in 2019. We haven't really mentioned it much, I must say. Um, All the Eiffel Tower has just lit up and gone. uh, All of the lights are buzzing around. Still trying to figure out how they do that. It is phenomenal. You might be able to hear the roar of the crowd down there not sure if you can but the Eiffel Tower is a light and it is absolutely spectacular see if I can take a photo and maybe put that in the show notes at the same time because that is just gorgeous Um, but yeah just want to say if you do love what we're talking about and you do really think that 10 days on a Greek island known as the island where people forget to die is something that would really just um really just put the exclamation point on your 2019 then i do encourage you to go along to 100notout.com um you can apply there i need to update the website i need to amend the dates to september of 2019 we're going there for the wine harvest season to uh cold press some olive oil we'll be doing an incredible essential oil workshop where we harvest our own peppermint and then make our own peppermint oil um we're looking forward to going to Ilya's farm and harvesting from the farm and then preparing that food for lunch and that was such a powerful experience for people looking forward to um hiking and walking through the canyon and just swimming in some of the freshest water uh the the beautiful incredible beaches and the Panagetti, we'll be doing a new Panagetti in the village of Nuss where we stay. So um, I am so excited for our 2019 trip and would love for you to be there. So that's at 100notout.com. I need to add a new video in there, which is a highlights video of what we've just experienced in Ikadir, but you'll see all the highlights there from the 2016 trip. Um, and again, if you've got any questions on that, just send me an email, marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. All right, looking forward to having my uh, co-host, my brother from another mother, Damien Christoph, back on the next edition of 100 not out until then thanks again for your support and continue as always to make the rest of your life the best of your life bye for now this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.